This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's your weekly blitz with Chris, keeping you in the game. Hey, good morning, everybody. I hope your day is starting out well and you're ready to make it yours. I know I am. Coach Chris Cotton here from Autofix Auto Shop Coaching, where we work hard to support your financial success. As you get into today's episode, you may know someone in your network who can benefit from today's topic. So please take time to share personally or through your social network. If you have an idea for a show topic or just want to talk, feel free to get with me at chris at autofixsos.com. Let's get started with episode 56, Catching Up with the Walkers Shop Marketing Pros. I am not lying. I am so excited for you to listen today. Recently, I caught up with Brian and Kim Walker of Shop Marketing Pros at the World Pack STX event. They are some really great people and what I consider to be great friends. We did manage to hijack the Marriott boardroom to record in. What an absolutely beautiful view. And it was actually kind of great to sneak in and, and do the recording. I really, really loved it. Had a great time. I hope you enjoyed the episode. So, hey, thanks, everybody. This is Chris Cotton, Autofix Auto Shop Coaching. This is amazing. This is going to be my first podcast with actual guests. So it's one of the things that I always wanted to do, but have never done. And uh, I'm here with Kim Walker and Brian Walker from Shop Marketing Pros. We're at the beautiful World Marriott Orlando. Did I get that right this time? You did. So I, I learned a little bit earlier that this is the largest Marriott complex in the world which I guess that's what I call the World Marriott. But uh, I'm super excited for everybody that listens to Weekly Blitz to to listen in with our guest today. So, uh, Kim Walker, would you like to introduce yourself really quick? Okay. Oh, that could be a long time. Uh, <laughs> I'm Kim Walker. I'm with Shop Marketing Pros with Brian. Um, I don't really know what else to tell you because it can go into a really long, dramatic you got to watch Story. Kim with her introduction. Right. Well, we we have edit power, so we can go through and just edit it back to just, hey, this is Kim Walker, and then cut the rest that's, out. Yeah, so. that's probably the best thing to do. <laughs> no, I'm sure we'll get into it later on, so that's awesome. Thank you for being here today, Kim. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, uh, and her, her other, Brian Walker. Yep, I'm Brian. Uh, Kim and I were shop owners. We owned uh, Pika Automotive in Apex, North Carolina. I was a Mercedes-Benz master technician for 17 years. And we now own Shop Marketing Pros, um, which is a marketing agency that specializes in doing marketing for auto repair shops. So I know, right? He's the, he, well, he did pretty good. Like, so, so I just finished recording an episode with them. And then, so we're reciprocating. And then, um, I actually pulled one out of the hat and did a pretty, pretty strong close. And then Brian's opening strong there, but I think he got there the warm go. up. So, so he he's did. in there, but he did really, really good. Uh, one of the things that I talked about in my class yesterday is with new shop owners, or any shop owners for that matter that haven't been through a downturn or anything. Uh, one thing I know is there's always something coming. And I said this in class, I was like, there's, there's either going to be a ramp closure, a road closure or things like that. And then, so you just mentioned peak automotive. So I was going to let us warm up and go into that, but I'm going to go in and ask this question early. So I know that you guys had a road closure that affected you, right? Yes. yes. we did. So, so can you talk about that just a little bit? Wow. Chris didn't tell us what we were going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, today. he's throwing us curveballs. <laughs> yeah. Well, there might be some tears. You know, I'm a crier, so I don't know. The three of us I in know. the room together will be. Listen, honey, the well, tears have come and gone. <laughs> I, I do, I do love talking about this actually because yeah. there's so much to be learned from it. So we were young business owners. Uh, I opened my shop um, when I was, uh, I guess, 25 years old. Sounds um, right. Yeah, because we got married when I was 22. So I opened the shop when I was 25 years old. And it was in a 
dump of a location. I had basically no money to do it with. Um, I, I, I kind of, I tell a little bit of the story in, in my book. It gave me chiggers. Yeah. Yeah. So chiggers like, wait a minute. Does chiggers mean something different? Louisiana chiggers are like little ankle biters out of the sand. Yes. They were were in in the the carpet. carpet, Oh, okay. Chiggers in the, okay. Yeah. So what, so what happened was uh, we found out, you know, Kim, Kim told me that we were going to be having a baby. Oh, and wow. I had always wanted to open my own shop. And I knew that it, once that baby was there, if I hadn't done it, I probably wasn't going to do it because it's, it's very difficult when you have that security of a good job. I mean, I, I was a six figure earner as a diagnostic technician at the Mercedes Benz dealership in, in Raleigh. And it was a great job, but my dad was an entrepreneur. I had that entrepreneurial spirit. But I did not know that. And I, and I knew that it was something that I wanted to do. So, you know, I told Kim, if we don't, if we don't do this now, we're never going to do it. And, you know, we were, we were young. We had just gotten married a couple of years earlier. So we didn't have like a lot of money saved up or anything. And what I did was I found this old building and I, uh, I was able to trade the first six months of rent to go in and and do all the new electrical work and paint it and everything. Cause it was previously a radiator shop. Uh, and you know, the, the chemicals in the radiator shop had, eating up all the oh, wiring right. and everything. And a sugar, sugar warehouse. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I, I could drag the story out forever. We ended up moving into a much nicer, newer facility a couple of years down the road uh, that was right next to the richest zip code in North Carolina, uh, made a, a incredibly beautiful shop there. Um, you know, we, um, we had come so far from where we were with the, the shop that we had opened and, you know, Kim, Kim likes to talk about how we drove up one day and there were orange barrels true. all over the place. So, so there was no, nothing from the state or the county Not or anybody. Us. It uh, went to our landlord Oh, and he knew about it, but he never told us. What the heck? I, that's worth a punch in the nose right there. Seriously. I am still <laughs> salty about that, yep. but anyway, they, they dug up the end of our, our driveway and it was the only way in and out of our business. There were, there was only one entrance. So didn't build a bypass, nothing. No, seriously. Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh, I would have been hot. You could technically still get in and out, but you had, you know, like a five inch drop off mm. into an area that was holding water and, you know, became kind oh. of muddy. And here well, we and are. it's important to know that we're servicing Mercedes, BMWs, Mercedes, yeah. Audi, Porsche, the cars that sit very often pretty low to the ground. Yeah. They don't want to drive their hundred plus thousand dollar vehicle. Can't blame them, yeah. But they, it was supposed to be a three week long project mm-hmm. and they kept promising us, you know, three weeks would go by. Nothing had been done. They just dug up the end of our driveway and, and left the it that way. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they kept promising us. So we were young business owners still at that point. We had not learned, you know, really the, the hard lessons that we, and this was one of them, uh, that we needed to learn. And, Instead of downsizing and, uh, you know, laying off some of my technicians, uh, and, uh, you know, because we had, we had three service advisors, um, we were, we were a shop of 13 people, I think mm-hmm. at that point. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we should have downsized, but I didn't because they kept promising me, oh, we're going to have it done. And, you know, it'll be another, another two weeks, another three weeks, whatever. Um, and it drug out seven months. And in that time I used up you know, I depleted all of our funds. So, so was that a city, county, state project? What? So it's funny you ask because the front of our shop, if you're looking out the front door was a U.S. highway. Okay. Right. Our address was U.S. highway, whatever it was. I don't remember now. Um, 64. But the entrance was 
the side road, which was technically the county. It just so happened that our customers were the city planner, the mayor, like all these significant people around us, but we never could figure out who was truly responsible. So we could get to the source and try to work through some things. But we also, because they kept promising us, mm-hmm. you know, and of course we're talking to the people that are out there doing right, that should know what's going on. Yeah. 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 You know, we, towards the end, we started pressing in, but if I had it to do over again, the day that those barrels showed up, mm-hmm. I would have used every resource I had to start putting some pressure on people. You know, what's the serenity prayer about uh, essentially not stressing over things that are out that of you your control? Change, yeah. So control the things that you can right. from the very first moment. Don't do what we did and trust. Oh, it's just a three week long project. Um, no, you have to jump in to the deep end of the pool. This is emergency, critical level. <laughs> jump into the deep end of the pool from day one. So the other thing, of course, obviously it would have been great to know that this was happening. And even the fact that you had city planners and mayors and other people that knew it was going to happen, you'd think at some point they'd be like, hey, are you ready for the big construction project you or whatever? Think. And then none of that happened. So thinking back, say that you would have gotten the letter and known it was coming and it may be a little bit misplaced, but now knowing everything you know about that situation, plus everything you know as the owners of shop marketing pros, what would you have done differently? Or if you had somebody in the same situation right now, what would you tell them? So we actually just had to tell, we we do have uh, a client that is in the same situation. And Kim actually wrote a blog post about it with him. He collaborated on it. It's oh, Adam nice. Rath from Allied okay. up in Pennsylvania. But the but the big thing that I would tell people because I, I literally just talked about this in our class two days ago is that you have to be the best business person you can possibly be. And that was what that was the biggest problem. I have zero doubt that you take me today and put me in that same situation that would not have heavily impacted our business because we're better business people. Now we, back then we made decisions with our heart and not our head. Right. And that is one of the most dangerous things that you can do as a business owner. If that happened to me, like I said, the first thing I would do is I would be on somebody's butt. Like I'm wanting to know when is this going to be done? Why didn't I know about it? You know, I, I would have my, my landlord, and I would have had a serious problem. I wouldn't have been paying him rent. Right. Because of the fact that he didn't tell me, you know, and he, we found out that he knew about this three months ahead of time. And he just never like maliciously at that point decided not to. I don't know that it was know. malicious. He was a good guy. Mm-hmm. He, just, he was an older man. Yeah. And okay. I think that it just probably didn't click with mm-hmm. him, the importance of letting us okay. know. But I guarantee you that during that time, I would not have been paying rent. Right. Yeah, because just, he never gave us the opportunity to do anything to be proactive about what was going to be happening. Right. And I think the numbers are important here. Like we lost $15,000 a week from October through May when we finally said we cannot go on any longer. And I do want to talk about the day that we closed because okay. that was pivotal, but, but continue. You know, you were talking about how much of business. You, you just, you have to become a business person. You, you cannot run a business with your heart. You have right. to make the difficult decisions. And, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in business, but I can never look back on a difficult decision that I regret. Like every one of those difficult decisions, whether it was, you know, firing somebody, downsizing for a little bit, um, you know, whatever it might have been, 
those were all pivotal moments in in our businesses that made for great impact, great growth in the business ultimately. Well, and and of course maturity and everything else, and then as as business owners, you don't know what you don't know until you know it, right? So mm-hmm. once you've been, and that's a great reason to get with somebody that's been through the experience, a coach, a, you know, I, I think of you guys, your shop marketing pros, and we kind of skipped over that and we'll get back to that in a minute, but, but really your marketing coaches, I mean, that's, that's, you, you have the skills and the ability to do what you do, but you also coach people through that. But I want to back up and, and uh, so Kim, tell me about the day you closed. Yeah. So Ironically, Ron and I, was it a world pack, pack cruise that we were on? Yeah, so we we had already um, solidified the plans that May, so this happened in August, I mean October, um, we were on a world pack cruise. That was, you know, at a very difficult time, right? I mean, things were very difficult. We came back, it was on that cruise. It was on that world pack cruise that we decided we can't keep doing this. And so we came back and that Friday is when we made the decision and we let our team know. And then uh, we sent, uh, we sent out an email to all of our clients and then my role was marketing. And so I sent a private personal email to like a whole list of people in the community, just letting them know we, this is what's happening. And um, you often don't know the impact or the influence that you have until something like that happens. But the outcry and the outrage and the care and compassion and concern from the people in the community when we made that announcement was absolute. Do you remember that? It was absolutely emotionally overwhelming. And then, then is when the key players in our area, right? Chamber of Commerce, the mayor, city planner, the town manager, all of them reached out to us and was like, we, we didn't realize that it was making such, you know, this is terrible. We can't believe it. And they were so upset. And we're like, you knew, like you, you knew. You assume they knew. Yes. Most people are clueless. Like, That's true. Like, like we have, we have customers that come into the shop. We give them the invoice. We tell them all the information mm-hmm. and it's like, there's this big magnet. And when they walk through the door, it's like, poof, it's all gone. Exactly. So do you think like, if you would have came back, like after that first three weeks and been like, look, we're going to have to close our doors if we can't do this. Do you think that, that maybe that would have been some pressure? And is that like a tactic at this point? Absolutely. Well, and the things that you, um, you've mentioned earlier, right? You don't know what you don't know right. until you know it. And so now we know I'd have been at every city council meeting. I would have been contacting our city councilman. I would have been, heck yeah. I would have been sitting in seats, knocking on doors. My feet would have been very, very, very busy. So were there other businesses that were affected too, or one. was this just one other? And what happened to them or what was the no, business? I don't really remember. remember. Well, they, they were at the end. They were a very different type of business. They they were a um, like a patio furniture wholesaler. Oh, okay. So, so they, they delivered everything. People. They had big okay. delivery trucks. Yeah. They had a showroom, but it wasn't a it wasn't something that was very busy. Not a lot of foot traffic. They okay. weren't yeah. dependent on that like we were. AutoLeap is a cloud-based all-in-one auto repair software that helps to keep complete track of your business, from scheduling appointments to managing technicians to generating invoices. Supercharge your growth with AutoLeap. Customers that fully adopt AutoLeap see the following benefits in their first year. 30% revenue growth, with top customers seeing over 100% growth, 75% decrease in no-shows, allowing you to service more customers, 
three times increase in positive Google reviews, leading to stronger online presence, 50% time saved on administrative tasks, driving increase in operational efficiency. Do it all with AutoLeap. Key features and functions include estimates, invoices, scheduling, Google reviews, inspections, communication, QuickBooks, reporting. Get in touch with AutoLeap to see how you can transform your auto repair shop. For a limited time, if you schedule a demo, sign up with AutoLeap and they will waive the $250 implementation fee. So the shop in North Carolina, you close that down, you transition. Mm-hmm. Did the employees have any idea that it was coming? Okay, so that's, that's an all, that's, that is an incredible story as well. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I can talk about that. So, I mean, the employees, they knew that, uh, that we were having a pretty tough time. And when it, when it, so I had a business partner and he had interest in a restoration shop that was in the front of the business. And what we did was we, we worked an arrangement with them because they were a restoration shop. They had not been as greatly impacted. And I didn't want my, uh, my employees to, uh, to all lose their jobs over this. And basically right. what we did was um, I effectively gave them the business. You know, they, they, oh. It was a business partner, so he had some interest in it. Uh, gave them the business, and we closed on a Friday they opened on a Monday with all of the same employees. They opened on Tuesday because Monday was Memorial Day. They had an extra day to plan. So I didn't want the employees to be, you know, so negatively affected by this. I made right. sure, uh, you know, we did still have some funds. So I made sure that everyone was paid every vacation day that uh, that they were supposed to be right. paid. I made sure that their health insurance was paid up, you know, all the way through the, the following month. Um, and then, you know, this... Uh, the other business started basically the next week. So they never missed a day of work. Okay. Uh, never missed a dollar of pay, never missed a, a dollar that was owed to them through benefits. But after I had continued to pay them for all of this time, when I should have laid them, you know, a couple of them right. or probably half of them off, the way that they treated us when we shut down that business, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. Yeah. And, and that's when I'm, when I'm counseling clients and talking to clients about that, I'm like, you as a shop owner will bend over backwards, give them a check before you get a check. And then when it's all and all said and done, the feelings that you have for them are not reciprocated. Typically. That was the biggest lesson that, that I learned, I think through that entire thing. And it showed me the importance of you have to make the the hard decisions because it wasn't every single one of them. There, it, it was, it was probably about probably half. And there were some people there and ironically, it would have been the people that we had kept, um, you know, that were, were very good to us, you mm-hmm. know, during that time when you don't do that, you know, I, I had a very unique situation where these people were able to step right into, you know, basically the same, but a new job the very following week and never miss a day of work. But had I not been in a situation like that, because I chose to keep everyone during this time, everyone would have lost their income right. had I not been in that situation. So, right. you know, you, when you make those decisions, sometimes you have to look at it and say, okay, I can, I can make a decision where I keep everyone, uh, you know, in a good place for a short period of time. Um, and then at some point everyone loses everything. Right. Or I can make a decision where, um, you know, some people are affected and then the people who are really, really bought in 
you know, they continue to, to have something for right. forever. And then everybody, so I taught my auto shop profits and cash flow class yesterday. And that's one of the things that I talked about as a owner is just like an airline. You have to put the mask on yourself before you help anybody else. And you have to take care of your family, make sure the business is set and then do what you need to do for employees. And that comes to making margins and, and decisions and everything else. But, the, but your family is important, super important. And too often because great shop owners, they they feel that they're obligated to take care of everybody else. And I'm not saying you're not obligated to take, but you still have to take care of yourself first. So we've gone through all that. So now you guys transition back to Louisiana and shop marketing pros. So, so let's talk about that just a little bit. Yeah. So the way that that really happened was, so we closed, closed the business. We stayed there for a little while. A year and a half. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, at that point we were in full on bankruptcy we're paying that back. Brian went and did some mobile repair for a while. And I, I went back to my education career, took a temporary position with the school system. But people started asking me to do their marketing and, you know, based on what I had done for Peak Automotive. And it was little things. You keep in mind, Facebook was not a big deal back then. Right. I mean, I was I was doing stuff completely. What year was that? 2008. Oh, okay. 2008. Um, so at the beginning of the whole, the other the transition, right? Big, yeah. But cool. like, you know, the market, the whole economy falling apart, all of that things were really difficult. And so I just started picking up little bitty marketing projects here and there. And, and ultimately with Brian's persuasion, he was like, just start a marketing company. And so um, we had branding in mind all the way back then. We did in your corner marketing. It was like a coach. I was your marketing coach. It was pink boxing gloves and fun and cool. (laughs) And I was doing that and got back out into the community as your marketing coach. And um, as we did that, but ultimately Brian felt very strongly, we need to move back to Louisiana. So we moved back. That's a whole nother story, but we moved back and reopened Peak Automotive back home in Louisiana. Oh, really? mm-hmm. I don't know that I knew that. Yeah, we did. It only lasted about six months. You know, we're we're in Hammond, Louisiana, which right. is just north of New Orleans, just east of Baton Rouge. Not many Mercedes cruising Not around Hammond many, in 2008. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And there and there were actually two other Euro shops yep. in oh, okay. town that were very established. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were doing it with, you know, such a small yeah. budget. Yeah. And, and honestly, we could have we could have made it, but I got a job offer one day. Mm-hmm. Job offer sounded pretty good. You know, we were still new in business and finances were tight. And it was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Sure, money. <laughs> you know, we were emotionally just spent. Exhausted and, at that point. Yeah, so we we went back and forth. There's a whole bunch more to the story about this job and that job and doing, you know, whatever you what do you what guys, you have to do. What you guys are going to tell your story on your podcast, right? Like you're going to yeah. sit down and do like a, a Kim Walker 12-hour podcast on <laughs> on the story and go everything through. I did that, I did that in your podcast. Kick the... Kick the table. Yeah, um, we're we're gonna tell the whole story, but okay. it it really just originated from people asking us to do their marketing, and um, eventually Brian started a marketing company, and we added a business partner in there, and then I joined them, and we were we were really doing marketing for just general small businesses. Right. You know, as the story continues, we we always wanted to get back into the industry. We love it. We were super connected. All the stars aligned, the planets aligned, everything was perfect three years ago. And we transitioned from working with any small business to just automotive repair shops. And it's been 
absolutely the best decision we ever made. Well, and so like you, you guys niche down mm-hmm. into that and then knowing your story. And, and so first of all, I'm going to tell everybody, I consider you both great friends. Like Kimberly and I, we do the same thing you guys do, but we're on the move so much. So we really don't have any friends. Mm-hmm. Like we have acquaintances, but we don't have friends. So I consider you guys great friends mm-hmm. at this point. Yep. Um, and so I really feel like the universe has put you where you needed to be. Yep. And I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome that you guys have the experience that you do and, and the outlook. Cause as far as I know, there's not anybody else that d- does marketing for repair shops. that's actually been out and busted knuckles under the hood and really fought through it and done that. But anyway. Yeah, it ahead. definitely comes from our experience, you know, yeah. having been in the trenches, Brian has horrible feet because 17 years standing on his feet, turning wrenches, you know, working, working under a car. So, yeah, been quite a ride. Right. So there's, there's another story in here though. Kim has no idea that I'm going here. We need to get the, oh, Kleenex are right there. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's another story that I think is valuable for your listeners to hear. And that's a story about who you become in relation to your business uh, and the impact that it had on her when we shut down the business, because, you know, Kim, Kim is the person who is the one that's out in the community. She, she's the face of the business. Yeah, she, she is. She's the face of the business. She uh, is the one that gets involved with the chamber of commerce and with all of the different organizations. And, um, and there was a pivotal moment for her. Uh, so why don't you talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah, I did not, um, didn't know we were going to go there. We're doing all the feels. This is like, I'm, I'm like Dan rather. Yeah. None I mean, how, people, how deep do you want me to get on this? I, you know, Say what's in so, your heart. I mean, yeah. you know, it's Chris's podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, any, anybody who knows us knows that we're Christians, we're believers. Right. Um, you know, and this is something that, uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was just a, an experience for Kim. So it, yeah. So I'll try to keep it short, Chris. Okay. Um, people thought my name was Kim Peak. Okay. Right. I mean, that that's, you know, peak automotive, right. I think. Now, even though yeah. Apex, North Carolina, the railroad is there. Okay. And it, the name of these, the, the town is Apex because the railroad is at the peak. Okay. And, and that spot. Um, so they didn't, I guess, put that together. They thought my, my last name was peak. And so I really truly did come to a point really a year before we closed is when it really, I think, I think God was kind of foreshadowing what was to come, but um, I realized that I had placed my identity in our business and there was no separation at all. I was ridiculously over-involved and you can be over-involved in the community. I sat on multiple boards. I was on this committee, chaired that, did this, planned this event. Um, I kind of got the brakes put on me when I came to the realization that my identity was not peak automotive. And this was a year before the road construction project. So it already started the transformation of, of that realization. So it took years after closing for it to come full circle and for me to really heal from that. Cause it was traumatic. It was absolutely traumatic for me when we made the decision to close and all around the same time. Also Peyton, our son, who's now 19 was three years old. And I remember driving down the road 
running in on two wheels at 5.59 p.m. because you had to pick them up from daycare at 6, by no, no later than 6. And I ran in there, picked them up just in time. And we're on our way home. And this sweet little voice in the back seat says, Mommy, do you have another one of those meetings tonight? And so um, I did, of course. Every night was something. And I usually would just run in, drop them off, do something for dinner, run out. And I, I remember saying, no, no, I don't, Pumpkin. I called him, you know, no, I, well, I she don't. She still calls him Pumpkin. Like, like they pumpkin. like they FaceTimed yesterday at the pool, and and uh, we got a, a video from Pumpkin. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, he's totally, y'all, he's, he's an American soldier. He's <laughs> totally going to kill me for that. So, you know, I mean, tough guy, whatever. And, um, and I'm like, no, no, Pumpkin, I don't, not tonight. But I did. And I just didn't go. And the next morning I went into my office and, and essentially cleared my plate. Like I just dumped it all. I got off of everything I, I could. And um, funny story is that that same thing happened again after we moved back home to Louisiana, started the shop again. I, I, I really did the same thing to myself when he was about seven years old. But yeah, the the whole identity thing. And, and I learned that my... My identity is that I'm a child of God. I'm not my shop, okay. right? That I'm, I, I have a different purpose in life. And since then I've learned, like I truly, you know, lots of people don't know their purpose. They're like, why am I here? I've done the work and, and no, I was created to teach, connect and serve. That's what I do. I got the nickname queen of connections in our community. People would introduce me and say, oh, you got to meet Kim. She's the queen of connections. She knows everybody. Everybody. And people call me still to this day and ask me for the most ridiculous things. And I'm like, I, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. I'll find what, you know, do you have an ice cream man? I do have an ice cream man, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, all, all these things line up for a reason. When we moved, well, well, Brian felt like the Holy Spirit just put on his heart. We're moving back to Louisiana. And I was like, like, hell, we are not moving back to Louisiana. You have lost your mind. <laughs> He mentioned it. I was like, don't talk to me about that again. And then he brought it up again a couple of weeks later. And then a month later, he brought it up again. And this time he was serious. He was like, I need you to sit down. We really, like, we got to have a talk. And I could look in his eyes and tell that something was different. And so, again, all these different things are stories in and of themselves. And so I, I was like, okay, I don't feel that. But, and I did ultimately know that is absolutely what we need to do. And, you know, again, in hindsight, you know, his dad passed away a couple of years ago. We had all that time to spend with him. Peyton was able to get to know his Paul. Brian's mom, just something happened this morning with her. You know, he's my mom. We've been able to be there right. when we were supposed to be there. And uh, we moved back home. And, it, and I was, I, I guess I'll, I'll admit right here, probably for the first time, I was truly in a deep depression for probably six or eight months after we moved back home to like to home. Like your birth home. like Our birth home. Yeah. We have friends there. We have family there. We have roots there. And I was miserable. I hated life. It's not where I wanted to be. But eventually, you know, things just happen and I realize it's exactly. And, you know, we would never be where we are today if we had not made that decision together to move back home, you know? And so you look back and you can see how all the puzzle pieces fit together. And, and I think that, I think God knew that he had to work on me for a full year 
before we closed our shop to prepare me emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. I had a physical transformation at that time as well. You know, Brian could handle it. He was a stronger emotionally, all that. Um, he could deal with it and he could, he could make the decisions that needed to be made, even though they're, they're not the decisions we would look back on and say, you know, we do something different, but it still took a tremendous amount of bravery and courage to make the decision. Cause you know, you think about it, we, we chose to close right at that time. We could have kept going until it literally the wheels came off. Right. You know what I mean? But, um, he knew that Brian could do that, but I couldn't. And so, um, yeah, I did not know that you were going to go there. I don't want to gloss over shop marketing pros again, cause we've got into all this. So, so you guys tell me what's, what's going on with shop marketing pros. Um, obviously we're here at world pack STX mm-hmm. talk a little bit about your classes and then maybe, maybe anything new or upcoming in the industry that you guys see or think, or I, right. I threw like eight questions at you, but yeah, you did. But I'm, I'm, you, you yeah. answer that part. Yep. So, you know, shop marketing pros, of course we, uh, we specialize in, in doing marketing for auto repair shops. Uh, you know, we're, we do, uh, primarily digital marketing. Uh, we, we do, we'll step into a little bit of traditional here and there. Um, the thing that makes us different though, you know, there's so many of these marketing companies that are out there where, they're just doing the same old thing for every shop. You know, they create one social media post and, you know, they click all through their Hootsuite or whatever they're using and select every shop and send the exact same thing at the exact same time, you know, to the point that we've literally seen shops in Florida that had post about snow stuff in winter. Oh, I see. Um, I, mm-hmm. I used to get reamed out about it. It was like, Hey, you introduced us to this marketing company mm-hmm. and they're not, they regionally, they have no clue. And then of course I follow a lot of shops on Facebook. So I see 27 posts all at once and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Anyway, go ahead. So, you know, that's, that's what we do is we bring a much better, uh, higher level of marketing, higher level of, uh, relationship with our client. Like, you know, we, we get to know them. We know what's happening in their business and we, we tailor the marketing around what's happening in their business and what, what needs to happen to meet their goals. So, you know, that's, that's kind of who, who we are and what we do. Um, Kim had mentioned that we uh, we started out just as a, a generalist agency. We did that for for years in our hometown, and you know we uh, we were the go to agency for for years. I had a business partner. He didn't want anything to do with specializing uh, because he was a very creative person. Um, you know, he, he brilliant. Yeah, he was he was a creative genius, um, but he could never wrap his head around like how can I design a hundred different auto repair websites and make them different. Right. And so and he, here we are, he did it. not want to, uh, to specialize. So eventually, um, I bought him out. Uh, and then, you know, it still took a couple of years after I bought him out to really make the transition, but we, uh, we transitioned to just specializing in auto repair. And honestly, it's been the best thing that we've ever done. Mm-hmm. Well, and so you guys, you guys do a great job on all your auto repair websites, but I really feel like the Euro market is really where you shine. And I have, we have some, some common clients that I've seen, uh, Michael at your auto shop in Plano, his website is absolutely gorgeous. I love the colors. Um, I think you guys got hosed a little bit at vision because you're none of your websites won, but, um, (laughs) you know, whatever, but I'm kind of partial. So, uh, can you talk about the Euro market just a little bit? Yeah, so that's uh, that's our background. You know, right. I mean, I was a Mercedes tech. Um, I, I love 
Uh, I love Euro shops. I love specialty shops in general. I'm just a, a big believer in specialization and in, in niching down, um, which we are, we're very soon, I believe, going to be uh, focusing much more on Euro shops. And that doesn't mean that we won't work for that great generalist shop. But but that's the the thing that we look at, you know, when we decide if we're taking on a client is this is truly a great shop. Well, well, for you guys and for me as well is I don't want somebody just to hire me to hire me. I want a great partner to work with. Oh, yeah. Because if if I can't advance your business because you're a partner and we're side by side, then what's the point? Yeah. Well, and the the agencies that are out there that um, that work you know, for, for most of the shops in the industry or, you know, I guess the, the ones that have, you know, they've been around for a while, they're well known. Um, you know, some of them do really good work, right? but when it comes specifically to a Euro shop, they don't understand the differences in the way that you market a Euro shop. And I'll give you just one example. And, and, but it's a major thing is a Euro shop does not care about being, being found in a search for a mechanic near me because People who drive European cars, they don't search that way. Right. They they drive a European car because they want something special. Right. That car makes them feel special. And when they're doing a search for someone who's going to take care of that car, they don't just look for a mechanic or an auto repair shop. They look for Mercedes specialist, BMW specialist, whatever. So they will search for something like BMW service and repair or, you know, BMW maintenance or something like that. Right. Um, if you optimize a Euroshop's website to be found for a mechanic near me, they're going to spend a lot of time answering the phone for people who drive cars that they don't work on. Right. And conversely, if you optimize a generalist shop, who you know most generalists won't touch the Euro cars, if you optimize their website for things like Mercedes service, then you're going to have disappointed people who are calling to get their car worked on, and you know you don't work on that type of car. So it's, it's little things like that. And they're all throughout the marketing. You know, that's, that's one small example of the way that you would market a Euro shop different. And we understand that. And I love like geeking out on that kind of stuff. Like how do we make the, the marketing perform for a Euro shop in a way that it wouldn't, if you were trying to market it as if it were any other shop. You know, what's interesting about it too, is our team, is totally bought in, bought in on that. You know, when we made the the transition to automotive repair only, um, if you ask anyone on our team right now what it feels like to to do marketing, you know, to create content, to schedule social media posts, to come up with, you know, all of the the parts and pieces to it, you know, how difficult is it to do it for one industry and they will all tell you how much they love it. And it's funny how they are so connected to it now that they're looking at the shops in our community as they're driving by and, and they're, they're thinking about them as though they're marketing for them. And, and they, they pull all the pieces together and they find that really being able to specialize like a shop would specialize to specialize in a specific industry. Um, they can really dig deep instead of being more surfacey, right? Because right. before we were working with, um, any, any kind, you know, a hairdresser, an insurance agent, a, you know, a restaurant, a whatever. And you can't really spend all the time that you need to learn every single industry. Whereas now, um, and look, we have a Slack channel. They, they're so, this is the thing that separate. This is along what Brian was saying, how we really um, create unique content for you. 
they know that Brian knows so that they're constantly in our Slack channel sending a picture and saying, what was it just the other day? Is this a good picture for a um, injector cleaning? An injector cleaning. And I don't know. So I just quickly showed it to Brian. I'm like, is this an, and he's like, no, that is not, that was diesel or it was a diesel injection. You know. Oh, okay. And, but, and they, so, but they're learning this right. stuff. Like, yep. you know, you, you talk to, uh, you know, you talk to them now about like, uh, what's the difference between a spark plug and a glow plug. Oh, and now they know. Yeah. Like they, they, they learn this stuff as they go. Um, and it, it's, just, it's cool to see. Or the right color fluid. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you, you're doing a post about whatever coolant and, and, and somewhere along the line that like that came up and, and I think it was, it was probably you that was like, mm, that's not coolant. That's transmission fluid or whatever, well, the, you know, that's like, that's like the, the image with the technician in front of the Mercedes with a big, um, engine three quarter <laughs> end wrench, right? Yeah. Like something that would never be on there. Yeah. Well, so my big aha or, Oh no moment that kind of made me actually seek you guys out. I think, um, it, it seems fresh, but it seems it's been a couple of years now at, at this point, I think was the fact that my clients that were with some of the bigger companies, the bigger cookie cutter companies, I started looking at their AdWords and AdWords performance. And all of a sudden the cost per click and everything was going up, up, up. And I couldn't figure out why, but then I started looking and these people in this, in the, the, the same company that did the website that was doing the AdWords had like 10 shops in the same area. And I got to looking at it and it looked, and they were all driving their own AdWords up, up, up and up. And I'm like, yeah, we've got to do a better job of that. So that's when I really kind of transitioned. Yeah. We, we had someone in our uh, class the other day who was working with one of the companies that, that does that. Um, And, you know, they were talking about how they, they liked this company. This company came in and promised them you're going to be at the top of Google search and, you know, made all these promises to them. And then a few years into him working with them, they took on a shop that was two tenths of a mile from his location Ooh, yeah. and promised them the same thing. Yeah. It's like, well, how do you do that? And that's one of the things that we do different is we won't work with a shop that is within three miles of another one of our shops. All right. That's awesome. So one of the questions I asked earlier was, do you guys see anything new coming in the industry or, or just doing better at what we're already doing? Or what do you, what do you think the next six months is going to be? And when I first heard you say that I was thinking internally. Um, so I'm going to answer there first and then Brian, okay. Brian may add to it. So what you may see different from us, um, Brian alluded to the the possibility we've been talking about, should we niche down even further, but a really wonderful thing that has happened for us internally at shop marketing pros is our team. They're doing things that we don't even realize is happening. You know, they're, they're writing content They're you know, most recently Haley joined me and she taught a class with me at vision and she rocked it. She loved it. I had no idea she had that skill in her, mm-hmm. that, that talent, that desire. And now I've got Caroline, um, who is stepping in and, and really taking charges of some things. She's expressed interest in teaching a class as well. So I think people may start to, in the industry, see more of our team out, um, out and about, which is, um, a fun, pleasant, wonderful surprise for us. But do you have something specific about the industry? Well, I just think marketing in general, artificial intelligence is changing everything. Mm -hmm. There's so much that is, uh, that is happening with that. And I don't know, you know, what exactly to say 
that is going to change, but you can count on it. That that is something that we're all watching uh, in marketing right now is how that's going to affect the industry. And, what and it's, it? it's already impacted like the big corporations, Coca-Cola, for example, Walmart, you know, all those big guys, they're already using it in their marketing, but I think is seeing it um, make its way down to ways that the small business owner, automotive repair shop, can one, afford it? Because right now to really do some of the big, would you agree, Brian, big AI things that are available cost so much that it requires that that corporate pocketbook, if you right. will. But um, Or it's just irrelevant to small business. Yeah. You know, right. Small business marketing, you don't get into big data mm-hmm. or anything like that. And that's where they're using a lot of the artificial intelligence. But another thing that I think is going to impact the industry hard at some point is all of these cars that are sitting out there waiting on microchips. Those microchips are going to hit at some point. The market is going to be flooded with old, brand new cars. You know, it's going to be two two year old cars that have been sitting on a a racetrack zero miles parking lot. Yeah, you know, with with zero miles on them that are going to get these chips. The market is going to be flooded. They're going to sell them at you know the lowest prices that we've seen in a long time, and that's going to impact you know the uh, a shop's car count because of those. Those new cars are going to come with the first, you know, 50,000 or so miles of service included. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, shops are going to have uh, a, a big portion of their client base that's been holding out are going to go buy new cars, you know, because why not? You're going to get a great deal on it. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, the ones who have not been preparing for that are, they're going to be hit hard by it. One One of the things that we did back in the day, a lot of people listening won't know, but back during cash for clunkers, when people were like, you know, getting rid of their cars, getting new cars, um, we talked to customer and be like, Hey, you know, we're getting rid of our car. We're going to get a new one. And we're like, Hey, bring it in. You know, we'll take care of your new car as well. And they're like, Oh, well the dealership gives me a free oil change. I would be like, we'll give you a free oil change. I, I don't want you to step into the dealer at all. And really when you look at it, what's you're giving away free oil changes or basically anyway, when you're advertising. So again, I hate to be chicken little, but everybody needs to realize that if you need to give a customer a free oil change to keep that car from going to the dealer, I would. And that's completely um, a side note. But yeah, um, I mean, the dealer is your competition, right? And you do anything to keep your clients from going right to the to the yeah, competition. That's an important fact about the shop we had in North Carolina. It was walking distance to some of the biggest, most popular dealerships. You know, a lot of times I, I feel like shops are afraid to get so close to the dealer, but it was, it was really good for us. Really. Well, you call a dealership now and they're like, Oh, we're three weeks out or Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and the dealerships are no better. And I really think that that as a industry, as independents, we're better because we, some shops work on seven, eight different models where the dealership just works on one. Yeah. And I think that makes us better. But um, anyway, I know we're running short on time and everything, but uh, any final thoughts from either of you, Kim? No, you know, I'm super excited that we are just finally back in person and attending events and seeing people. It's been so awesome to just be out walking around and, you know, someone just stop you and they're like, oh, I took your class online. It's so good to see. People feel like they know us like, I, I had a guy poke, a poking level. me in the back at the Starbucks <laughs> line this morning. He was like, poke, poke. I'm like, who the heck is poking me? And he's like, Hey, I took your class yesterday. And anyway, that's yeah. awesome. So that's my final thought. I'm just really, really okay. super stoked to be 
back out in it. Okay. And so Brian, final thoughts, and then how can everybody reach out to you guys? Yeah, I just, uh, I've, I've enjoyed being on here this morning. Um, you know, we got an awesome place that we're sitting here. I know I, we're going to take pictures when we're done and try to share this. We're, um, I didn't say it earlier. We're on the 11th floor. This is the Marriott boardroom. It's like all glass on one side. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, four, 16 seat conference room. And, and basically Brian just came in here and we just hijacked it this morning and took it <laughs> over. But anyway, go ahead. But uh, yeah, so we, we teach our final class. Uh, you know, this will be the third mm-hmm. class here that we've taught at STX. We do that this afternoon. Um, and, uh, and then we go hang out at universal city walk tonight with all of the world pack people. So that's going to be a great time. Um, anybody who wants to find us, uh, we're on the web at shopmarketingpros.com. I am Brian at Kemp, Brian at Kemp, Brian <laughs> at shopmarketingpros.com. You can spell Brian any way you want with an I with a wire. You can spell it brain like most people do, um, or Kim at shopmarketingpros.com. Yeah. And then the upcoming podcast, you guys are going to yes, be Yes, yep. So we are launching podcast with CARM under the Aftermarket Radio Network, and it is called the Automotive Repair Marketing Podcast. I think that's awesome. When Brian first told me, he's like, I don't know. I'm like, I think it's great. Like, mm-hmm. like keep it simple. So, yeah. all right. Uh, thank you both for being here. I love you both. Thank I really you. appreciate you guys taking time. Everybody out there will see us along. I think we're going to be together in September at ASTE, yep. and who yep. knows? Like, I, I feel like we've spent the first three months of the year together almost (laughs) at this point. That's right. All right. Thank you guys. Have a great day. Thanks. Wow. What a great time we had. What did you folks think about that? If you would like me to chat with others in the industry, who would you like to see on the show? Thanks for taking time out of your busy day to listen. If you haven't found us on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify and followed us for free, then why not? Also make sure to go and check out some of the other great podcast episodes on the Aftermarket Radio Network, including coming soon, one from Brian and Kim that they talked about in the podcast. This has been Coach Chris Cotton from Autofix Auto Shop Coaching. If you find yourself struggling in your auto repair business or have a feeling like you don't know what you don't know, but you are eager to learn and grow your business, then please feel free to reach out to me, Chris at AutofixSOS.com or call me at 940-400-1008. Time to get out and rise and grind, everybody. You've been listening to The Weekly Blitz with Coach Chris Cotton on the AftermarketRadioNetwork.com. Follow Chris on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Chris is all for advancing the aftermarket.